Welcome to the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast. This is your host, Dr. Dave Cornelius. The Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast is hosted on grokshare.com and streamed on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. I encourage everyone to find their awesomeness. It is a choice. You are listening to episode number 55 featuring Wes Kluwer, executive of Project Insights. The topic is pay it forward to those who follow. Wes Kluwer is an executive of Project Insights and understands the challenges of an up and down economy. Developing a diverse and sustainable customer base isn't an easy task, but Wes contributed to the growth of his company as the leader of training and support. His influence to invest in webinars that educate customers in project management techniques and agile practice is an innovative way to engage customers. Wes said, when inspired by other companies, I will often invest in them as well, always for the long term. We have taken inspiration from fast-growing companies and implemented them on a smaller scale for ourselves. I sat down with Wes to learn more about his inspiration, challenges, discovery, and resilience. Wes Cleaver, male. I am with Project Insight. My job title here is Director of Training and Support. So my role in the company is a management leadership role heading up the uh, training programs, the product training programs, as well as the support of the product. The product is Project Insight, and I have been doing this for 20 years in this company and was really in the software industry um, only for about five years prior to Project Insight. Awesome. So let's start with inspiration. So what were some of your experiences that inspired you to start this business or work in this field? I, you know, I really got interested early on because um, right after I graduated from college, I had gone to a manufacturing company where I was working in customer service. So I wasn't directly in the software business, but what I found, this was, this was in the 80s or, yeah, late 80s. So what I found was that by using the information we had in our production systems there, I was able to really repurpose it and provide rapid turnaround on customer inquiries, something that kind of seems no-brainer now, but at the time, there were a lot of companies that just weren't doing that yet. So there was just a lot of opportunity, and I found that just by working with data and helping customers that um, it was something that just kind of clicked with me. So look at challenges. So describe significant challenges experienced in your professional journey. Well, being that it's been 20 years, there have been um, the, the obvious ones that, uh, that I can come up with would be the dot bomb. So we had started in uh, 96. Then, you know, the, there was all this rush to the, to the dot com business. Well, I had come back, I'd come from the manufacturing business. I'd worked in that, in that area and product area for a long time. So while there was all this hype about dot com, we were really focused on um, more of the industrials. So we thought, we, I, I kind of took to that and we, when we really took to that. And I'll get into that a little bit more later. But we had the dot bomb crash. Then we had 9-11. And then after that, 
we had the Great Recession 2008 more recently. So those, are, those have all been significant challenges. Uh, there are a lot of businesses were pulling out. They stopped spending money. Um, all three of those incidences were pretty severe. Yeah, those, those were some of the biggest challenges. Of course, there's the everyday challenge. There's always the balancing growth with spending. Those are the ones that really come to mind, top of mind anyway. So how did those experiences shape your thinking? Well, one, one that I got into was earlier was the dot-com business and I, or the dot-com crash. And that was a really interesting one because there were actually kind of two parts to that. One that I think we can take a lot of credit for, which was that while a lot of businesses were getting into dot-com and were hiring companies like ourselves, we were really good at taking applications, taking websites and turning them into applications. That was really our business uh, in the beginning. And so there was a lot of dot-com business out there. But since we had really kind of had an in with some industrials and we worked for a couple manufacturing companies, that really helped stabilize us. While the dot-com business and these startups that needed us to build web applications were going broke and were having their funding pulled out, we had some stabilizing factors. We've always believed that, um, and we've always kind of balanced our, our business that way. You know, we to this day have companies that are um, IT departments in law firms and manufacturing organizations and other types of operations that are not specifically fast growth software companies. And so we value those greatly. They have less turnover in their own employees. And as a result, they um, tend to have less turnover in their vendors as well. So that's, um, that was the dot-com dot crash. And it really did help us with, with everything else as well. You know, when 9-11 happened, a lot of money got pulled out. Of course, that hurt everybody. And the 2008 crash as well. So discovery. What techniques or practices did you apply to amplify opportunities or dampen adverse results? Well, you know, coming from the customer service side of things and always, um, always looking at how do we make our customers really happy, part of it has been that we've increased our hiring and even our training of existing positions to make sure that everybody's focused on the uh, on the customer service and customer retention and that comes with the SaaS business you don't make money by closing deals you make money by keeping the customer happy it's all about retention and long-term revenue so we've got to be in it for the long haul and we've done more here to make sure that everybody in the organization is involved in all of the systems and all of the processes that are constantly regularly touching the customers and we're going through a lot of that right now is taking our documentation that, you know, as being in training and support, I've primarily been responsible for the documentation. Well, we are bringing more of that into that community and social type of uh, framework so that everybody contributes. If you see a problem, if there's something that uh, a customer's asking you about or a prospect's asking you about in a sales position, you can go in there and do something about it. You can go in there and, and help um, communicate better through 
live documentation and comments and things that we've really we've really brought out to the community and put on our public website for everybody to access and all of our internal people to update. And um, that's helped a lot. And it's also reduced the workload in one-on-one -on -one contact. And that's a big thing we've learned from our own vendors, you know, using uh, software that like Zendesk and Jira, companies we really look up to and seeing how they do things and really taking advice from them. Those are some really fast growth companies that have been very successful with many or one-to-many uh, communications. So we, we really look to them for inspiration. So it seems like you've leveraged the wisdom of crowds. Right, exactly. Yeah, we, we don't want to reinvent the wheel. We know there are a lot of people out there that are smarter than us. Certainly, I recognize that and go with that old philosophy of hiring people and surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me. As I get older, that becomes even more important. So what creative or innovative ideas allowed you to achieve your organization's or personal goals? Well, a lot of it has come from uh, looking at how other fast growth companies have done things and doing them at a smaller scale. We really take pride in having been the first company to, or one of the first providers of a cloud-based multi-tenant project management system. So we've been really proud of that, but that doesn't really matter anymore because everybody's doing it. All software is multi-tenant and cloud-based. So it, it's, um, you have to keep reinventing, inventing and reinventing. And we recognize that it's something that's part of not just achieving, but also part of surviving. So what we've done looking at the likes of other companies is really started to work on our own marketplace and add-ins and really develop the APIs. This allows other programmers to work easily with our software to make the modifications they need. And not just for partnership organizations and other software companies that would like to integrate their software with us, but it also gives us the tools to better integrate with them. Those are some of the things that we're looking at um, really more, uh, that we've done more recently. And possibly a little late to that game, but we're making up for it. Um, and, and this has been a big, a big push in the last couple of years to bring the development community into our community and have them participate with the projects that they're building out and publicly post their results, their challenges, and their ideas. Excellent. So let's talk about resilience. So this is a funny question. So imagine that you are a fingernail away from achieving your dream and you run out of resources. What would you do? Well, I think in those cases, and we have had to do this before, there is the, one of the hardest things to do is scale back. And um, going back to some of the earlier challenges that we had with financial crashes, um, with the financial crash and the dot-com crash, we did have to scale back on a couple of occasions, and we don't like doing that, but that's always one thing we can do, and we like to think that working harder, although we're giving it all we can sometimes, there's not, a, there's not really a lot of gas left in the tank when you come across these challenges, but you know, working harder and scaling back are two things that we can do in combination, and we have done 
And, you know, we are always very, very fiscally conservative, but that doesn't mean that we won't and don't borrow money. We do. We're more conservative than most, I would say, but we've always made sure that we maintain an ample credit line as well as a very healthy cash balance. Those are some of the things that we can and would do. I'm not opposed to borrowing money and large sums of money when the opportunity is, is really good. So let's describe a time when you had to demonstrate courage and tenacity in the face of obstacles. Well, looking at more of the personal experiences that I've had in business in general, I can tend to be kind of hot-headed in certain circumstances, and I've learned while being under fire to not do that. I've had a couple of circumstances that have been very interesting, and I think they're similar to others that, that people have had. You know, in the project management, when you're doing training and support in a, a project management environment, and a big part of the success is the stakeholders, having executive buy-in and support. I have had a couple of occasions where I've been working with a rather large team of people, and one in particular where the main stakeholder who is driving the implementation of our software left the room. Turns out that's when I learned how much, how unpopular this whole system was through, um, you know, having a dozen or more people in a room look at you and say, we're going to do everything we can to get this application out of here. Um, <laughs> and those are situations where, you know, you can't be hot-headed. You have to be very even-keeled and I've had a couple things like that happen to me at a very young age, and I'm fortunate that it did. I had it happen to me when I was in the manufacturing environment as well, where my boss actually put me in a position where I was supposed to negotiate with people who were already angry at him. And I didn't know at the time that they were. I found out when I flew into a partner office that was a thousand miles away and sat in a room with some competitors, partners, and suppliers that were not happy with the way negotiations had been going. And it was an early time in my life where, once again, I learned just stay even keeled. And I didn't really have to plead ignorance because I was ignorant. That helped. So <laughs> the best thing I can say there is my boss armed me with ignorance. And it just, it kind of helped me get through that. And also it humbles you a bit. Those are a couple of times that I can think of that were a little bit dramatic that I've had to, to face those obstacles. And, you know, in, in the end, we've always come out and I've always come out on top of these situations by, you know, staying quiet, listening to what people have to say and follow up. And it's something that we learn throughout our lives. People say, hey, you won't have the answers. Just write them down and let people know you'll get back to them later. Don't get nervous about it. It's always okay to do that. And that, that process works not just when you don't have the answers, but even when people are angry at you. That's excellent. I mean, this is great feedback, great answers. You know, I, I always admire the stuff that you're doing. Um, I really look up to the work that, and the outcomes that you're doing, especially in the community stuff that you're doing as well. So I look at you as one of those true elastic minds who are innovating and coming up with great ideas for helping people. So, you know, this is 
truly great and a great opportunity to learn more about you and, and your story. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you, Dave. I I was thinking the same, you know, when I first looked at this and, and saw what you were doing, I thought, well, I'd probably be interviewing you and come up with more interesting things to say because, um, you know, with Five Saturdays, we've always admired that and liked the work that you're doing there. So, Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. We hope you were able to add to your awesomeness journey with this learning experience to obtain new knowledge. We are grateful for those who support us. We would like to thank our sponsor, Nalshare, for the continued support of this podcast. Visit www.nalshare.org to achieve your awesomeness through agile coaching and training, digital transformation strategy, agile organization development, lean business startup, and diversity and inclusion coaching. Nalshare.org also provides online workshops for PDUs and SEUs to help you maintain your existing professional development certification and achieve new ones. We support lean thinking and agile life skills education through the Five Saturdays Agile Education Program. Visit www dot five saturdays dot org to donate your time money and knowledge check out dr dave's latest book prayers to my abba father god on amazon.com a focus on prayer to enable spiritual growth you will also find his books elastic minds what are you thinking and transforming your leadership character the Lean Thinking and Agility Way on Amazon.com. Look for the Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. The Knowledge Share with Dr. Dave podcast is hosted on GrokShare.com. If you have any questions for Dr. Dave, reach out on Twitter at Dr. Cornelius Info or at Knowledge Share. Copyright 2019. Knowledge.